Hello and welcome to Freelancing for Journalists, the podcast that tells you everything you need to know about working for yourself. I'm Emma Wilkinson. And I'm Lily Cantor. And we are both freelance journalists. I do health and medicine and currently mainly coronavirus stuff. And I cover money, health and lifestyle and I've been helping a lot of people try and get out of their financial mess for cash clinic in the sun um also right for money wise and randomly the south china morning post so we've had a bit of a project recently to try and make the world of freelancing a bit more open and less secretive we have and we spent all of last year writing our book freelancing for journalists and now we have a date it's coming out on july 14th 2020 yes and it is already on amazon so you can pre-order the book if you go on to amazon and uh just search for freelancing for journalists and we also decided to take all that experience writing the book and all the experience we've had as freelancers and um put together this podcast and each week we're going to be doing a different topic yeah so today we've got the biggie uh finances and getting paid and Emma and I think this is probably the biggest bugbear of freelance journalists. So one thing that we moan about all the time. Emma, how much money are you owed at the moment? Okay, so this is quite depressing because I have had loads of invoices paid in the last, sort of the end of last week and today, and I'm probably still owed about £2,000. <laughs> See, I'm owed 2500 and I've had, mm, I've had £200 paid. <laughs> I'm absolutely skint. So, yeah, yeah. it's So, big we're going to yeah, it is a big problem and we have uh some excellent guests with us this week, Charlotte Granger and Ed Dyson, and we're going to bring them in shortly so we can get all the best advice, top tips on how to make sure that your finances run smoothly. That's right. Or as smoothly as they can. Um but before we start that, we like to give our top hack each week so emma what is your top financial tip okay so mine is something that i didn't do until i'd been freelancing for years and i wish i'd done it at the beginning and that is to have a separate bank account for all your money to be paid into and any business expenses um i didn't do it because i'm a sole trader and as a sole trader you don't have to have a business bank account so i just had my usual personal current account but it just got too messy, too difficult to track what was happening. I couldn't see when people had paid me. So in an attempt to overhaul my finances, I opened another personal account that's just for money going into, and it has completely revolutionised everything. I can see what's happening when people have paid me, haven't paid me. So much easier. I really wish I'd done it at the beginning. Do you have a separate account Lily? No I haven't quite sorted that one out which is funny considering I do a lot of money in personal finance but I've not worked out how how it would make things any simpler um I think that's the thing I need to kind of be able to visualize how I would do it I have a I have a different system which I won't bore you with now but I think I guess the key thing is to have a system um in terms of my sort of hack I think my tip for people would be get to know the person in accounts at whatever yes. publications or organisations that you work for. If you have a named individual and their email address of the person in accounts, who is the person who actually gets your invoice and gets it signed off? That is normally the best way of chasing any money that you're owed. Um, and if 
if you really are not getting paid, then I think something we both do is we copy in the editor when we're chasing accounts and that yeah. helps to give I it do. a boost. But get to know the person in accounts would be my kind of top tip. And it, if they're being useless, it does avoid having to have difficult discussions with the person who's commissioning you. Yeah. Because it's a separate department. It's a whole separate thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I would agree with that. I think that makes it a lot easier. Okay, so this is a massive, massive topic. So it's time to bring in our guests and see if we can uh, pick this all apart. So let's start with, so we've got Charlotte Granger, who is a full-time freelance content writer and journalist. She specializes in health, nutrition, lifestyle topics, and she's written for various international publications, including Cosmopolitan, Men's Health, uh, Bride Magazine, as well as some local media, such as Yorkshire Life Magazine. Uh, So Charlotte, let's start with your top tip what's your one thing that you wish you'd known at the beginning um my top tip I guess when I first started out people were really really anxious with me about the idea of saving money especially my family because they were like you're going to do your own taxes none of them are self-employed so they were like set aside money and I was told set aside a quarter of everything you earn for your taxes and that's what I've done ever since and I've never had a problem with taxes and I've never had a problem with covering my national insurance or anything like that so my top tip would be set aside a quarter everything you earn set it aside and get it ready for your taxes yeah I think that's really good advice and I think that's something we cover in the book as well is is just making sure you've got that lump sum set Mm -hmm. aside so that you don't have that panic come January the 30th that you've suddenly got to pay a large amount um, in taxes Right, so I'm going to bring in our other guests here. Um, we've got Ed Dif- Dyson. Um, I think you're a bit of a multi-hyphenate, is how I, I might describe you. In I go that for quantity over quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so you were the UK's youngest columnist when you worked at the Daily Star. Um, you went freelance four years ago. You write uh, showbiz for The Sun, Gay Times, uh, Mirror Mail. You're also a podcaster yourself, so you have the United Queendom and the Ed and Charlie Show podcasts. You're also a comedy writer. You've also written a book. So lots and lots of experience. And I guess for all these different areas, you're having to get paid. So what is your top... Yeah. (laughs) So what is your top tip? What do you wish you'd known when you first started out? Well, I don't know how much this is related to the finance, but uh, I was thinking... um, in the first year, I think this is unavoidable, but I think it's something you get with hindsight, is when you have a drought, which I think most people do, when you're not earning as much money, is just to try and not panic and actually embrace that period mm. of having less work. Because at the end of the day, one of the great benefits of being self-employed and freelance is that downtime that you, that you, it's hard not to feel guilty when you're in it, but really enjoying that is part of one of the benefits. And if you're not taking advantage of that, it feels like, you're not making the most of being freelance. So I wish in that first year, in my quiet time, I'd just really relaxed or really done something I wanted to do rather than just panicking and sending out loads of pictures to make up for it. Because in the first year, at the end of it, it all evened out anyway. But I guess there's, there wasn't really any way of knowing that till you'd lived it. But <laughs> I know, hindsight is a wonderful thing, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, I think that's good. I mean, I'm. it's really hard, isn't it? Because you, you kind of really busy really busy really busy and then you might have a day or two where you've got nothing planned or nothing's happening and it's really hard to switch out of that busy busy mode and think I actually 
maybe I just need to take some time and do something else. What's the point of being freelance if you can't? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> take a little break. And I mean, how about in terms of sort of organising yourself? Do, do, I mean, for you, Charlotte, when it comes to <clears throat> keeping track of like invoices to go out and money coming in, do you have a system for that? I do, but my system's very crude and... Um, I know there's like zero and there's QuickBooks and there's loads of ways you can do it. I literally have a spreadsheet and I put in my invoice number and my invoice and I have a red or green tick next to it <laughs> when it's been paid and then the external. I, I've i done it that way since I started and I think it depends on how your mind works. Like yeah. for me, that's so simple. I can see, I can visually see it with the colours because I'm a child and it just makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. But I know there's so many ways. I think, it, like you said before, it's as long as you've got a system yeah, that works for you. So yeah. There's nothing wrong with colours. Yeah. I use colours. I, <laughs> I was going to say, Lily was nodding and I, I do this. I do the exact same thing. It yeah. just gets a different colour when it's been painted. I have red, I have green, I have purple. Oh, what's purple? Yeah, what's purple? Right, so purple is because I work for South China Morning Post... I never quite know what I'm going to get paid because of the exchange and it's on a, a rate per word and sometimes they add stuff in, sometimes they take stuff out. So I put in like a guesstimate of what I'm going to get paid in purple and then when I actually get paid, I input what it's meant to be and then it turns green. Ah. Yep. I absolutely love hearing about this because like <laughs> I've never had this conversation with someone before and to me I feel right now like we're reading out our diaries because it's something everyone <laughs> does on their own yeah. and I have a system and I just never even thought about the other systems people have and it's so interesting. Yeah. What's yeah. your system? Is it the same? <laughs> Mine is more boring than yours but it's similar like I keep a list and then it's in normal writing when it's not been paid and I put it in bold when it has but like you were talking about your purple I put italics when it's like I don't really know a, if I'm definitely getting paid for it, or B, what the amount's going to be. And then I have at the bottom the total, because one of the things a lot of people talk to me about freelance freaking them out is like not having a salary and not knowing for definite how much money you have. So I cho cho choose or estimate my own salary, and then yeah. through the year take that amount of what I've earned so far and um, have that as, am I on track to reach that? And if I'm not on track, that's when I do allow myself to panic, because I think sometimes panicking can be a good thing. But if I'm on track for it and have a quiet period, I'm like, I really don't need to worry because everything's so far going okay. Yeah, running totals a good idea. I have yeah. that as I, as I go And around. then at the end of the year, it's always yeah. way less than what I was <laughs> estimating <laughs> through the year. I was very optimistic when I was writing things down. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I have like a monthly target. So mm. I kind yeah. of have in my mind, that's what I want to earn a month. But then I sometimes I'll give myself a bit of slack and say, well, I haven't done it this month, but... As long as like over the year it sort of averages out about right, then I it think it's really, really interesting that, like you mentioned, there are lots of fancy accounting software packages that you can use to do this for you. And I do know that some freelance journalists do use this, mm. and that might put people off a little bit, thinking, "I don't know how to use that. I don't. Is that going to be expensive?" Mm. We all just use an Excel chart or a table, right? So yeah. it's just not an email for me. I re-email yeah. it to myself every time there's an mm. amendment. So every time oh. I get a new commission, yeah. I copy and paste the email and then add the new thing onto it. And this mm. is all just legitimate yeah. account keeping. So yeah. it doesn't have to be really complicated. I mean, I'm not saying it works. Um, I mean, <laughs> what systems or processes do you have for chasing late payments? So let's say it's not gone green <laughs> and it should have gone green because 30 days, I assume we all have 30-day payment terms. Yeah. We're going to agree on that, right? Okay. No. No. I don't. 
Who say no? I have <laughs> it for most of them, and then there's there's a couple that I work with who are um, foreign. No, <laughs> a couple yeah. of uh, non-British companies that I work with, and it'll be they'll say, "Oh, we do net sixty or net forty-five, right, okay. or so sixty days or forty-five days," and I'll agree to their terms if, well, if I want to work with them because you can't really say no if you want to work with them. Yeah. So I think is that why you don't have thirty days? Yeah, well, um, because I used to work at the Sun and before that I worked at the Daily Star, I was on commissioning. Oh, so okay. I kind of have seen uh, from both sides of it how it works. I know that some uh, newspapers, for example, the Daily Mirror, take ages to pay. And mm -hmm. I kind of have always known. So when I went freelance, I knew that about them. I still yeah. chose to work for them. So they haven't kind of broken an expectation of mine because I always knew that's the way it was. And I accept that. But um, yeah, if it's gone beyond even... I, I think they're already being ridiculous with how long they take, but when they go beyond that, which they do, that's when obviously other tactics have to come into play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, what's the first thing you do then in those circumstances? Well, I think my experience might be a, a little m more different, although everyone's is different, but a lot of the people who I am commissioned by or I'm working for, I know personally, because I've been in journalism for 10 years and a lot of the people have people I spent time at events with or done interviews with or gone on kind of trips with. So uh, instead of it being official emails and stuff like that, often I'm just WhatsApping them like, where's my money? Where's my money? Where's my money? Um, but the thing that I have learned um, that is important um, and it's something not you shouldn't feel ashamed for and you shouldn't have to do, but I do, is to be very aggressive because it's absolutely unacceptable for people to not be paying you. And especially, I mean, it's never acceptable. But when it's a company that's paying you and the person, it's out of their own money, mm. it's still annoying when they're being like that, but almost more understandable. A lot of the time I'm dealing with people who I'm not getting paid because of their disorganization. Their, I'm not high up on their list of priorities. Yeah. Their priorities involve things that benefit them and me being paid is not a benefit to them. And I think that's absolutely disgusting. And I've been on the other side of it where I was commissioning and I always made sure people getting paid was a priority because that's people's paying their rent, that's their lives. It's not a not important thing, it's very important. Mm. And I absolutely don't, and I understand why so many freelancers do feel that they always have to be polite in every interaction. But I'm just absolutely not doing that. I'm mm. like, you need to sort this out. And I like to punish people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> tell me more. <laughs> I like to punish people with violence. No. <laughs> <laughs> so the good thing to do is if you're uh, writing for a publication like The Sun or The Mail, they have a lot of different staff members. So you're not reliant on one person to commission to. So I like to keep my options open. If you're going to be disorganized and I'm getting paid late because you are incompetent, I will go to one of your colleagues mm. because I and then the next time I have a big story or a big interview and you want it, you won't be getting it. <coughs> Fre and freelancers have to remember the power that we have. As many people say, if all the freelancers quit, most publications would shut down overnight. We are not less important than people who are in staff roles. And we have to remind ourselves that and remind them that sometimes. And like you said before about copying in editors and stuff, I've been on the receiving end of that as a staff journalist and it's very, very annoying. But do you know what? Sometimes, well, that's what you got. That's what you deserve. I, I have got more confident about this over time. So at the start, I was very British about it. So I'm, I'm terribly sorry, but you know, can you, if we, could I just have a penny of my money? <laughs> but now it's much more... I mean, I'm not even doing the apology thing. I'm just okay. This invoice is late. Can yeah. you tell me yeah. when? You, can you tell? Give me a date when it's going to be paid. There's an element and of sexism to it as well. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that women, uh, 
if a woman directly emails and says, where's my money? It's like, oh, God, she's a bitch. Am I allowed to swear? <laughs> well, I did. Whereas I do think as a Can man... Can I just say that hasn't come up before now? <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Whereas um, I think for a man, you're more uh, given more room to basically ask for what you're owed without yeah. being yeah. judged for it. So I, I think that's really why, true. Because yeah. I think as a woman, I've always felt, and it's a subconscious thing, you feel that you have to be nicey-nicey and, and yeah. like, oh hope you're having a lovely day and also could you just like pay me <laughs> also that like you're asking for a favor yeah. and that I, ridiculous. I, I actually wrote that down in my notes and bolded it i was like you are not begging for money you're asking to be paid for a service that you've already provided and often you've already provided it a month ago or two months ago and it, it can feel especially at the start it felt to me like i was like oh could you just give me some money, please? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that, is it? It's, you wouldn't yeah. do that with your salary. Yeah, I'm not a volunteer. Mm, yeah. And it's like the same compassion that you're expected to display and patience would not be awarded to you if you miss the deadline. No. So where is, what is yeah. this relationship? This is an mm. abusive relationship. Yeah. <laughs> I always say that they're, they're so fast. If you're a little bit late or they're worried, they want something or they want some edits. They, I'm talking about publications and editors, <laughs> are so quick to be like, did you get my last email? Excuse me. Um, but they're so slow to respond to things that are money related and admin related because, like you say, it's not their priority. It's selfish. Mm. It's often unwieldy yeah. <laughs> processes within companies. Mm -hmm. So you're, even if you have the friendliest, most useful editor in the world who has passed on and done everything they're supposed to do from their end, it's then gone into a big finance yeah. department yeah. and it's just got lost or something's mm. fallen by the wayside the number of times the excuse i mean we could make a long list of excuses but oh sorry i didn't notice that invoice or it doesn't seem to have appeared on our system or we missed that well whatever it is it's just yeah. mm. if i did that with the deadlines that you've set me i wouldn't be in business for very yeah. long would i and an apology goes a long way so many times people are just like oh i'll chase that up oh yeah missed it or sort it it's like can you apologize mm. you've yeah. like caused me like stress and it's not just the stress of the money it's like a, a disproportionate amount of my time is dedicated to chasing payments sometimes way more than i'm doing anything creatively yeah. and that is very frustrating mm. it's do all <laughs> sorry of this you is don't want to get me started <laughs> <laughs> we've just moaned day. about it we haven't yeah. given any advice you know so <laughs> it's just reminded me and it, that yeah. that idea of being mm. nice is something really stupid i did recently was I got paid, I won't say the publication, but I got paid a certain amount by publication. And I was like, oh, they've given me a bit of a Christmas bonus. That's nice. And I mentioned, I mentioned it to Emma. And I literally did think, oh, they've given me a bit more. Maybe it's, a, you know, I don't know, maybe it's because it's Christmas or they've put the rates up. Didn't say anything. Then the second time I did something for them, they paid me this amount. And I was like, oh, okay. So they must have put the rates up. So I drew it to the attention of the commissioning editor and said, oh, I've noticed your rates have gone up. You're now paying this amount. And they were like, oh, no, that was a mistake. They um, did not make you pay it back. No, they didn't make me pay oh, it back. Thank yeah. God I but, was about to <laughs> lose it. But <laughs> they, they then reverted back to the, the older rate. Oh, and no. if I hadn't have said anything, oh. she may have continued to pay me at, at mm. that higher rate. So... I should have just kept I think them. they should continue yeah. just out of they should no, um, courtesy. They've now. set the bar yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you if, can't you if you do find this stuff hard, um somebody once said to me a tip which I thought was hilarious. I don't know if they actually did this, but I think it's a they had a separate email account 
from a fake PA that was actually them, but it was someone else chasing it. <gasps> Annika yeah. Rice. Such a good idea. Annika Rice did that. Annika Rice did it. Oh, yeah. really? Annika Rice had a fake PA and it was just her yeah. on a different email address. I yeah. have heard of this. I've heard of yeah. someone getting their niece to do it for them. <laughs> and oh it's just God. like... Child labour. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I think she was a teenager. I'm not sure, but... And not paying the child. Yeah. <laughs> very hypocritical. It was a very dark <laughs> area, but... <laughs> But no, just having someone else email on your behalf. And I think there's that social pressure of, oh, God, I'm not just dealing with one person now. Someone else is aware that I haven't finished mm-hmm. this. I haven't done this. It's really important for people. And I feel fortunate that I feel like I am one of these people who aren't completely reliant on like one publication for their income to mm-hmm. make a stand, not just for yourself to get paid. I'm making so high and mighty about <laughs> this, but for other people, because obviously when you first go self-employed and for younger people, you never want to be rude because obviously you are just grateful to get work. And sometimes you probably would be doing it for free just to get the experience, but it's not on. And it's I think it's up to older people, more experienced people to really tell um, staff members, because a lot of staff members have never been freelance yeah. and, you, yeah. and it shows uh, to show them this insight they should all mandatory listen to this podcast i bet yeah. they would they're not bad people i bet they just <laughs> g- generally never occurs to them mm. but they need to be educated because it's sometimes disgraceful it, yeah and sometimes <laughs> it feels like they I, I get the impression and i've totally manifested this but the idea that they think you're doing it as a bit of a passion project not yeah. not your job like i i just wrote this article for you because i did it on the side and really i have a full-time posi- but no I'm, I'm full-time freelance if you don't pay me i can't pay my rent and that that's a bit of a problem and paying different amounts from yeah. what you said i mean yours was yeah. higher so that's good but yeah. when it's like sometimes it's just 10 or 20 pounds less and you feel almost ridiculous bringing mm. that to attention but it's like if i let that go every time at the end of the year when i do my tax if i pay taxes i luckily don't no i'm joking <laughs> oh my god um, then <laughs> it all builds up and you're just like this is just not on yeah yeah <laughs> so have any of you actually charged a late payment fee i've not got there yet i did threaten it once to mm. a company who were messing and it was quite recently he'd been messing me around and messing me around and kept saying this payment was coming and after i said i'm gonna send you a new invoice with a late payment fee on it it was in my account within two hours wow <laughs> wow i've never done so it I, that is the <laughs> that is the way to i've heard about rush fees i've never done a rush fee i've never done a late payment fee and these are things that we probably should, should be, be doing. doing yeah i mean what i do is get a rush this fee? If someone comes to you and says, oh, I need this, but I need it tomorrow. Oh, you charge You extra. charge higher. Do you do that or? Well, a lot of my work is for daily papers. So oh, I so that's normal. I wouldn't consider that. <laughs> 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 that's not a rush. Yeah. 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 I guess I've negotiated a higher fee if they want it. Mm. If they want it quickly, there's been more to and fro. Yeah. Um, I've tried to do it twice, but neither successfully. And I was more, um, pro- didn't think I would get it, but more just wanted to make the point of, I think this is how it should be. Yeah. Um, Charlotte, you work for a lot of international organisations, overseas companies. So does that make it harder sometimes in terms of getting paid or if they want to do it through different systems or different yeah, transfer-wise or wherever it might be? I have used um, so international bank transfers, PayPal, Revolut. I love PayPal. PayPal is very convenient. Yeah. Very, very, th- there are fees, but it is very convenient. Are there fees? It depends. And I'm not quite sure what it depends on. Someone once told me, (laughs) myth, that um, it depends if they've paid on credit card. I think it depends if they pay the fees or not. Oh, is is that how it works? Because I don't get charged from money coming from Hong Kong through Mm. PayPal. I don't think I get charged. But then when I've done stuff myself, so I've done some workshops that 
members of the public have paid for via PayPal. PayPal have yeah. charged a fee. So it's, yeah, it's... it's To me, this is laziness on my part and a bit of scattiness. I should be on top of that because occasionally I'll get a fee and I just go, oh, it's $10 or, or whatever it is because it's it's usually American companies that I'm working with. And instead of questioning that, mm. I've just let it go because it's a lot of hassle, yeah. which, is, which isn't great. Um, but yeah, I use so many different systems... The weirdest one I used, um, and I won't say the publication, but it's an American publication and a big one. They pay me by check. They send a <laughs> check to England. It's insane. I was like, yeah. they take like, a lot of that money. Is it like? I, it's it's a lot. And also, yeah. I said to the the accounts girl because that's who I was dealing with. Um, I said, oh, is is that like a new system? Do I need to log in? And she was like, no, a check, like a physical check. We're going to send you that in the post. So then it took six weeks for that to come, and I think. Well, no, actually, I think it took two or three weeks for that to come and then six weeks for it to clear because it was international. Mm. So I'm not getting paid for something until two and a half months later. It's amazing that people still use checks. Mm. Yeah, well, I'm just going to start saying it's not green. No, no, I don't don't agree (laughs) with that. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm too woke for this check. PayPal, thank you. Come on. Yeah, I work for an Australian company and get paid by TransferWise, mm. and that works really well. And they fun. pay within a week of my invoice going in, and it's amazing. I love them. So whenever they ask me to do work, even if I'm really busy, yeah, I'll say yes because I know that I'm going to get paid quickly. So well, I think we you do are very negative that. in this country as well because the limited experience I've had working with American magazines. I write travel features for this American magazine, and the editor like emails me almost every time to say something complimentary about what I've written, which never happens <laughs> actually maybe it's a problem with me <laughs> but um yeah i think we could learn some things from america yeah they are nice to, <laughs> they are the whole culture no but um <laughs> in my experience i've had very nice editors american editors and they're very transparent about their budget as well one publication i work with men's health sometimes they sh- the editor turns around to me and is like oh i've got this budget for three months so i'm going to commission you but then i don't know when i'm going to have a budget and that level of transparency is really refreshing because I haven't felt that from other publications. So That's amazing. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is a minefield as well. And I find like within the same publication, you get different rates from different sections. And that's not just if it's online or print, but it could be you know, the money section will pay a different amount to the travel section that pay a different amount to the lifestyle section. And yeah. it's like, where do they get these figures from? Do they just kind of <laughs> make them up? I mean, Ed, you must have some experience of this from the commissioning side. Mm. How does that work? Do, do, is there like a budget and you then decide, you know, case by case, how much you're willing to pay? Um, yeah, a lot of it just comes down to the person. Because um, weirdly, I don't know why this is the case. And I think it's one of the worst um, traits that a person could ever have. But like, I've worked with people who are stingy with company money, and I really don't understand it because it's not coming out of their wallet, but they will try and commission the least amount possible because I have a lot of theories about this, that people in staff jobs are actually secretly very jealous of freelancers, so they kind of don't like to give you more than (laughs) than what they think you deserve. But then other people actually get how it works, and I feel like I was one of these people. When I worked at The Sun, one of the reasons I did well there was because... I fought hard to get every contact that I worked with who was freelance paid as much as possible because 
I'm not an evil person and because it's not my money. So mm. why wouldn't I want you to get as paid as much as possible? Yeah. And the more I get you paid, when you have an, another story or another great idea, you will come to me because I paid you more. <laughs> to me, this is very simple, but a lot of people do not get this. So a lot of the differentium between fees within a publication, I actually think comes down to the, the actual right. person rather than budgets. But mm. there are some things like, for example, at The Sun, I think there was always like a bigger budget with pictures than with words just because i think that it just comes down to what they think is uh, yeah. more important sometimes but can i yeah. just say i had an amazing it just came to mind i had an amazing experience just before christmas um and this is with content writing more than it is journalism but i'd got in touch with this woman who said she was looking for sex and relationships writers and i do a lot of that and i told her a certain rate and she came back to me and was like oh did you mean this and it was an extra 50% on top of what I'd done. That's never happened to me before. And I was just, it blew my mind. I was like, and, and she, she had worded it in that way, like, did you mean this? But it was quite obvious that she meant, no, that you're underselling yourself. And I think that's something we probably are going to talk about. But I didn't realise that I was going below industry standard, maybe. Yes, I mean, we should probably point to the NUJ resource, the freelance fees guide. Yeah. Um, because when you're starting out, it's really hard to know whether you're getting a fair rate mm -hmm. or not. And there's other ones as well. The London freelance rates. Yeah, Journal, to Journal Resources started yeah, collecting, Journal didn't Resources they? Yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, where you could kind of put what you'd got paid for an article. So it was kind of an up-to-date, this is what this publication is paying. But that is kind of a minimum, really, because mm. that's kind of this is what they usually pay doesn't mean that you shouldn't be fighting for more than that or asking for more than that mm -hmm. yeah and it, it's just about like communication because and stuff like this podcast like i wish when i'd first gone freelance i had had a yeah. podcast like this to listen to and there's a facebook group which um where you can post if you have a query and other people help you and i think anyone who's self-employed and freelance probably knows that it c can sometimes feel quite lonely and isolating and i think it's really good to do things like some people set up um, like group meets for freelancers and stuff like that and just or even just chatting to them a lot on WhatsApp and stuff just to compare notes because I think by not talking to other people that's how you end up kind of underselling yourself sometimes yeah. or not knowing how it works and yeah. like I think I haven't been able to attend this yet but there's a group of freelancers in London who do a Christmas uh, drinks because that's one of the sad oh. things isn't it where you don't <laughs> have a Christmas do yeah although in some ways it's a blessing because I used to be so badly behaved at mine <laughs> but um, yeah things like that I think really help and just try and create a community because being self-employed doesn't mean you have to be completely fighting every battle alone no and there is a big community out there of freelancers yeah. we're here <laughs> but the, the, we're all here <laughs> this yeah. is it all four of us no no but the, there is and I think I mean probably maybe even similar Facebook groups to you um, there's a hashtag I follow that's uh, what to charge and it's the same oh, it's very that one. No, I didn't. definitely look out for it because then it, it's a real eye-opener yeah. <laughs> i've found and then people will comment and be and tell people no you're underselling yourself please don't work because it drags the whole industry down it's like please don't work at this rate <laughs> this is too low yeah. i mean i do I, get absolutely mm, in a minute we're gonna have to move on to doing new taxes because we have to cover that before we finish but <laughs> we uh, yeah, no, <laughs> sorry no. sorry <laughs> um but we i do think that freelance freelancers as a group we're we're kind of getting to grips with this a bit more and getting to grips with standing up for our rights a bit more mm. there's over the past couple of years i've seen lots of kind of different examples of people kind of coming out and saying no Would it's you not good enough the pool scandal yes i mean that was the thing that, that yeah that was the kind of thing that set a lot of this off yeah that, that 
funnily enough, the pool, <laughs> I did a piece of work for the pool, which they never used, and they paid me for it. Huh. Wow, you've got <laughs> a very different perspective on that. No, really, really bizarre. But I think it just shows what kind of mess they were in, actually. Yeah. That they commissioned this piece of work, and then they were like, oh, our sponsor doesn't, is not happy with it. And it's like, well... Okay. And what that did was it got through to public consciousness because these were writers that people had heard of, that people knew, that were columnists, mm. that wrote for, you know, The Guardian and various other kind of well-known publications that were coming out and saying, I'm owed eight grand, that like, I haven't God. been paid. Wow. Yeah, this I've not been triggering. paid in weeks. <laughs> and also is a reminder why you have to keep on top of invoicing and mm. people paying you and that it's a real red flag if you've done loads of work for one publication and you haven't seen any of the money. I've made that mistake. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, tax. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> um, who here has an accountant? Me. 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 Oh, damn. You I do don't have own. an accountant. <laughs> okay, so I've done both. So for the first few years, I freelanced now for about 15 years. For mm-hmm. about the, fir- the half of that, I would say I did my own tax returns, and it was very, very, very stressful. It's not hard <gasps> to do, but it was knowing whether I, I was it doing is. it as well as I yeah. could or doing it exactly right. I made such a meal of it, and I thought, why don't I do what I'm good at, which is the journalism, and pay an accountant, which is tax deductible anyway, to do what they're good at, which is to know what I can claim, what I can't claim, and they can fill it in in a very short amount of time. Well, that does not happen to me at all. (laughs) My accountant still needs me to do everything. I don't know what is going on Mm. with my accountant. Well, I still do. I I have to collect all the information. I was doing that anyway, but it was the filling filling (laughs) in of the tax return that used to really get me very stressed. Yeah, see, I I have an accountant, and I've changed accountant because I a bit like what Ed was saying I was a bit like what do they do and I'm giving them all exactly. the information and they're just inputting it into the form which I could have done myself but I think the accountant I've got now the difference is he can answer my question so I can bring him up anytime yeah. it's not a company so I'm not having to like wait for someone to never call me back I can bring him on his mobile and just ask him a question particularly with the international payments because I get taxed um, so I get taxed in Hong Kong yeah sometimes but sometimes i don't so it's a bit random so i have to kind of ask him about that um or if i'm paying case studies like how do i do that is yeah. that an expense those little complicated yes. questions it's you could look questions. up the hmrc they've got good advice they will yeah. answer the phone eventually you can find out this information but it's so time consuming so it's just that balance over and boring mm. and boring yeah i don't really want to be boring. doing this i yeah. want to pay someone and never have to think about it but mm. like you say i still so I have to pay an accountant and then I pay someone to prepare stuff for the accountant. Oh, do but you? what I've realised I need, and I don't think this is something to say in a podcast, what I want is a dodgy accountant. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's listening, that's yeah. what yeah. I, I just want. So I have this spreadsheet that's got all my invoices and mm. amount and whatever, and then I have a spreadsheet of expenses, mm. and then you just go... And because I work as a associate lecturer at the university so that but that's all taxed at source so it gets yeah. a bit complicated but then i just hand them the information and then they put it into the right bit and the but i do feel like once you've got all that information oh you can fill the form in i did it for years but yeah i, I did it, it once very stressful. and the hardest bit is the going through and collecting it all yeah so, and i'm still doing that so I see don't that's know why. my worry i i i hate that bit and I've always thought, oh, is there a way to get around it? But there's not. You still have to yeah. do the legwork. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have want a good an easy tip, life. but oh, I, I don't do this. But someone told me there's an app where when you get a receipt, you scan 
the receipt in the app and it collects all so you don't have to do it like at the end yeah. of the year. But yeah, I've heard it, about that. It sounds like if you were good at apps, that might work. I think if you're if you're a limited company, there's um, Anna, which is a bit like Monzo, but for, it sounds like I'm sponsoring it. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is a bit like Monzo. And within their app system, you take a picture of all your receipts. I'm sure there's one that you can do as a sole trader as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just using that. I, I don't, but sounds good. I just, <laughs> I just stick them all in a file. Yeah. yeah. And then when it gets, I do my accounts in the summer. Um, and then I just got, I quite enjoy it, but I like kind of yeah. geeky things like that. Mm. Do you want to do mine? <laughs> if you pay me. <laughs> I'll pay you in 90 days. <laughs> <laughs> One thing actually I wanted to go back on, um, which we briefly mentioned earlier, was have either of you um, ever worked for free or would you ever consider it? Yeah, I have. Mm. Um, so I've done a, a quite a bit of travel over the years. And I've agreed to do travel features to get on the press trip. Uh, so I feel like I'm getting paid by getting a free holiday. Yeah. Yeah. So I've done that a few times. And in terms of, oh, because um, we were talking earlier about my podcast, I've, um, to get press for the podcast, sometimes I've uh, used content from my interviews in the podcast and managed to get my friends to, as a favor, uh, use that content on their websites like Metro and Gay Times and they don't pay me for that but I guess in a way they're giving me publicity yeah. so I would never do anything for nothing there has to be a benefit to it but for yeah, a lot of people it's that benefits that. so I've done some speaking yeah. for free depending on who's asked me and the organisation stuff but that was a way to kind of get more of those that kind of work and it you kind of weighing up that what am i getting out of this what yeah. mm. skills am i learning what benefit am i getting from it i think mm. sometimes people say like never ever do anything you're good at for free but i think in some ways that's quite like um dismissive of the fact that most people in creative industries would never have got their foot in the door if they no. hadn't done some things for free i think when i first started i definitely did some things for free just to get a bit of exposure yeah but I would say cap that, limit the amount that you yeah. do that because you can just go on and on and on. Um, I've done things that are for free, but are actually I'm getting some kind of benefit. I've uh, I worked with a startup and got some shares in the company for doing some some free work for them. Oh, so it, it's actually yeah, it's getting, but there's still an exchange going on there. Mm. You've just because you haven't agreed a monetary fee, you've agreed some kind of exchange. Yeah. And make sure you're comfortable asking for those favors. Like yeah. if you've done even like done for a lower fee then on a later date, if that person can help you in any way by looping you in with someone or maybe getting you access to an event that you want to get access to or anything mm. like that, they should yeah. do that. The only thing with all, all of this as well, <laughs> it goes back to taxes. So I, this is the question I've asked my accountant because I'm, like you, Ed, I do theatre reviews. Mm -hmm. So I get the free theatre tickets, but yeah. I don't get paid to write the reviews. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just for a, a local paper. And then I said to my accountant, yeah, yeah, I, I said to my accountant, can I still um, put the mileage because I have to drive to the theatre back? Can I put the mileage Definitely. through my books? Mm. And he was a bit like, "Ooh, that's a weird one." Oh. Um, but apparently, I can because I am being kind of paid yeah. through yeah. the tickets. People always who work in like the accountancy and stuff like that have always said to me that like when they go after people it's always like really big fish so like anything like that you should never really worry about because no. they're not coming after us well maybe now that <laughs> great advice yeah. on this podcast yeah. they're on to you <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah we've got this far through finances and we haven't talked about payment on publication 
Well, we sort of mentioned it in passing. We did, but yeah, yeah, but we, we need to talk about it more. Yeah, because we need everybody to rise up mm. and fight it. Can yeah. I just ask everyone what is the longest you've had to wait? <sighs> I'm so glad you. Asked See that. if you can beat mine. I don't, I know what Lily's is. I can't, mine was only about six months. A year and a half. Oh, uh, mine was June to October. So whatever the difference is there, July or no, I'm I'm way at the bottom. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh, you, yeah, you beat yeah. me. Mine's fourteen months. Wow, so. uh, a year and a half. I might be rounding up, so you might. I might not beat you. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely over a year, but the uh, publication took a year. Just yeah. to clarify for anybody who hasn't come across this term before, who's listening. So, payment on publication is where you've been commissioned to do some a piece of work, a feature, say, you've handed it in, the magazine doesn't, will not pay you until they've published it, but because of the vagaries of when they decide to publish it, that can be months or even years in some case, yep. down the line. Sometimes they may not publish it even at all and you'll get a kill fee yep. if you're lucky. Yep. So what do we, I can assume we all think that payment on publication is a nonsense and should be scrapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do we, what can we as freelancers do to protect ourselves against those practices or mitigate against the effect of it. Well, sadly, I don't think there's anything we can, we can do. I mean, I mean some some freelancers will refuse any contract that's payment on publication and say I need to be paid up front. I yeah. don't know of any publications that don't do... Do I? I, th- I don't think I do. I think they all do. So I've mm, always couple just I work for. A couple I work for pay will pay... They'll pay or they'll do, pu- they'll do payment on edit. So as soon as it's approved and gone through and they've got a word count, even if it's not been published, well, they'll pay at that point. Well, this is news to me. So. <laughs> yeah. But these, are, these wow. are not nationals. These are like specialist magazines. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, so I've got a specialist magazine that pays, well, once they receive the invoice, basically. So when I send the copy, I send the invoice. I have another website that I write for that has paid me before I've even submitted anything. Mm. Well, do you know why that's outrageous? Because... The ones who are doing that for you probably have a lower budget than the nationals. Yeah. So the nationals yeah. should be yeah, leading yeah. the way with yes, that. Yes, they I should. Yeah. So th- we need to campaign. I know. Well, mm. I think we've got to call them out on it. It's, the it's probably people with really um, th- high, pr- big profiles who would make a difference. But I guess. Yeah. But I think it's them. not accepting those. Where you can is yeah. kind of pushing back. Not accepting those terms. So I would you can ask. It doesn't hurt to ask. It doesn't hurt to ask. I suppose yeah. if everyone turned around and at least said, I'm not particularly happy with this, or is there another option? The you more they get right. that. I've never asked. Yeah, I've n- I've no. never, so maybe if I had asked, some mm. of them would do that. Yeah, yeah. especially <laughs> ones where you know they're very keen on the article that you... Maybe it never occurred to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if all this time we just had to ask. <laughs> <laughs> they were just waiting. <laughs> okay, we have been talking about this for a really long time now, Lily. Is there anything that we have missed, do you think? I, I don't mean, think we could think go so. and talking about finding I feel like forever. it was therapy. Yeah. I feel so much better. I do feel like <laughs> I've let a lot out. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I mean, I guess the only other thing really is about negotiation. I mean, do you, either of you kind of ever negotiate a fee? Yeah. Do you, or do yeah. you always accept the first fee that comes along? It's always worth asking for more. Yeah. And I it did an interview recently with Camilla from Dancing on Ice and it mm. got a good show in the sun and I knew that they were really happy with it. So I said, oh, can this be one where you get paid extra because I know from working at the Sun they have a rough guideline for how much you pay but if you every now and then put through extra they're not going to always clamp down on it sometimes they Mm. do sometimes they don't it's worth doing and I knew this was one where it was worth asking for because they were quite happy with it yeah I think it's such a revelation to realize that when you ask 
people don't shoot you down and tell you you're a terrible person. They either say, oh, yeah, sure, or, oh, no, it's not within our budget. And there's no hard feelings because it's not... And that's one of the things I just wanted to say. It's not an emotional transaction. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's business. Yeah. You're asking for a rate, and if they can't afford that rate, that's fine. But it's such a revelation, the amount of people that will be like, oh, yeah, that's fine. And quite often yeah. people will come to you and say, what's your rate? Yeah. And then that's yeah. terrifying because you're like, you don't know where to pitch this. Yeah. You always want to go higher. Yeah. Because they're probably going to negotiate you down. But then it's quite awkward when, well, not awkward, but you feel a bit gutted when they go, oh, yeah, that's fine. Oh. <laughs> if they go too fast, do you think, did I go too low? Yeah. <laughs> like if they're like, yeah, sure. You're like, mm. it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare, all of that. <laughs> I've had an email today asking me to do some shifts and they've said the rate is negotiable. And I'm like, oh, well, what does that mean then? Like, yeah. do I go, do I suggest a rate to you? Do you suggest a rate to me? It's kind of this little dance you do back and yeah. forth. Try and get in touch with someone who has worked there and asked yeah. them yeah. for a ballpark figure and then double it. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Best to go too high, though, than too yeah. low. Yeah, well, definitely. Yeah. And I, I think, that, and that comes with kind of confidence and experience, yeah. I think. You have to kind of go in high. You get so worried about pricing yourself out of the market, yeah. but that won't really happen. They'll just say, oh, no, this is actually our budget. They'll say, this is the limit, yeah. this is what we can yeah, pay. Cause you, yeah, because you don't say the amount is your dead set. You yeah. say, oh, would this be okay, this amount? And if mm. like, oh, that's way too high. Like, okay, this then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's definitely thing is, and particularly when you're kind of starting out, is having the kind of that confidence to kind of not just take the first thing that you're offered particularly yeah. unless you know it's an amazing amount of money and you know you're getting obviously well paid but I think if you if you think that you know you're worth more than that or the story's worth more than that then it's always about kind of you know valuing yourself and valuing your work yeah, and absolutely. it's like knowing who you're dealing with as well because obviously if an, if there's a new magazine or a new website just launching ideally you would like your amazing feature to be paid loads but you know that they very unlikely have the money and you have to be considerate of that but when you're dealing with like national big titles there is no reason that they shouldn't mm. they should ever undercut you and it's not acceptable mm. that is my catchphrase <laughs> of this episode. it, it is, is not acceptable <laughs> i think that's a good place to leave it yeah, we, all, we all have our mantra to go home with <laughs> uh, so thank you to our wonderful guests charlotte granger and ed dyson for providing it. that was really really useful practical stuff i think we feel like we've all had a good so if you want to know any uh, more about us then you can check out our website freelancingforjournalists.com um, on there we will have links to everything that we've mentioned today um, in the episode uh, useful resources uh, we'll link to your podcast there Ed oh thank you <laughs> please listen <laughs> if you like drag race especially and comedy <laughs> and uh, also just, yeah, as we've mentioned many, many times, our book Freelancing for Journalists is out July 14th. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter where we talk about this stuff quite a lot. So I'm at Emma Journo. And I'm at Lily Cantor. So get in touch with us if you've got any questions you'd like answering on Freelance Life. You can also email us at freelancingforjournalists at gmail.com. And if you feel this podcast has been useful at all, then please like, rate and subscribe so that other people can find us. And just a note to say that the podcast has been developed with the help of a grant from Sheffield Hallam University and it was produced by students on our BA and MA journalism courses. So that's it, guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next time when our topic is law, rights and ethics. Goodbye. (laughs) 